Welcome to the It's a Hustle podcast. I am your host, Joe Garrix, coming to you from the Fairfield Comedy Club after hours with Mike Feeney. Mike. Oh, after hours. I like yeah, that. Right? That's a fun little that makes a sound. seduction yeah. to it. Yeah. Seems like it's darker in here than it is. Yes. I picture I picture the people listening. It's, it's dark with red lighting and uh, we're on a lounge couch and definitely not... In the brightest room of all time. Yeah, no, it's definitely not oh, bright. It's we're like the inside of a refrigerator when the door is open. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not mood lighting here. Yes. Um, but uh, but it was fun tonight. This is a great show. You yes, thank you. I mean, you were part of it. Right? I, That's what, you know. It's uh, yeah. I w- you, Brendan, Beecher, Andrew. It was a uh, it was a fun lineup, a fun crowd. Like uh, you know, this this room I is wish- always enjoyable. Because I, I, I took a peek in during your set and you were doing well. And I always, I commend anybody that's able to sit on the stool during their set. I've tried that and I've tried putting, I've tried to doing a set with the mic in the mic stand the entire time. Never been able to do I it. I can't do that. What I've, uh, you know, a, a couple of things happen. There'd be times if it's a very small crowd, like I will sit on a stool, like in the middle of the stage just to like make it more feel more. It wasn't intimate. very small tonight. If and you're listening, no, it was, no, 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 it was it a wasn't. different reason. No, 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 no. It was a good crowd tonight. It, um, but like if it, but I've had you know shows where it's like ten people, and yeah. it's like that. I sit on the stool. I I kind of get quieter and just try to do that. But then I ended up getting like some gout. I had gout, and I was like limping. It was tough for me to walk. Yeah. So I did it a couple times more, like with regular size crowds, and it, it works. Like it. it I, I'm still. No, yeah, I'm you still were, that's what I'm saying. You had, their, like, you had their attention. Yeah, was, I don't uh, do it all the time, but um, it's kind of like, oh well, you know what? Maybe there's like sometimes that will work better, and sometimes walking around and standing will work better, and I'll try to get a feel for that. Sure. So, um, but no, it was fun. They were fun tonight, and uh, they were uh, they seemed eager to engage, uh, but in a good way. Yeah, I didn't have any. Uh, I didn't have any hecklers. I heard early they were a little chatty, and um, you know, I kind of. I don't know. I'm not that kind of comic where I don't adapt to the situation. Like a lot of, I know, you know, certain comics, it's just not there. They don't like to interact with the crowd. So they're just more, I'm just going to run straight through. And if you talk over it, I'll complain to the manager afterwards, you know, or yeah. something like <laughs> or just security. But I, I don't know, man, to me, it's like, I think if you engage them to a point and then you, but like, you know, sternly, you'd let them know. Yeah. You have to kind of control it. Right. And I also am very conversational. So I talk, my, my uh, yeah, my presentation is very much seems as though I'm you know talking directly to the audience, so they they have a same feeling of wanting to talk yeah. back, you know. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Sometimes like I'm fine with it, and I'll and then there's other times where I'm like I, I don't want it at all in that set for no, whatever reason, yeah. and I, like I just try to like cut it off anytime something happens. And other times I'll engage it a little bit and like you know see what you can get without things getting off the rails. For sure. I also am used to, like, I came up in bar shows, and I grew up in Long Island, and so, like, uh, you know, these, you know, those shows are all just drunk, loud, you have to get up and punch them in the face, yeah. and then yell your jokes at them, like, that's the kind <laughs> of, and that's, like, unfortunately, I love those audiences. Yeah. Like, I like when they're just rowdy enough where... I can get through, but I do. Like you go out to Long Island, you go out to Governors, which is like a great club. I love, I love, love working there. Uh, but every time that I do, I did a show for. I opened up for uh, Shuli and Ronnie from the Howard Stern show. So it was like a Howard Stern fan base mixed with a Long Island fan base, and those people were monsters. Yeah. I mean, just just screaming drunks. 
I got I did my first three words I think I, or four words I tried to say keep it going for and I tried to thank the ho- I said keep it going for and someone heckled me that's how far into my set and then you just gotta fucking it's like prison you just gotta go find the fucking biggest toughest you know person what, what was the heckle at that Shit. point I mean whatever I, it was just like whatever it was it was probably just was like like so the Ronnie was is he's Ronnie the limo driver Howard Stern's driver who is wildly popular and he never does stand up so he was just hosting the show so him hosting the show was essentially being like his first words were, who likes to fuck whores? You know what I mean? He's like, let's 69. He's fucking screaming these crazy things. So you're, you know, you're so they're not exactly turned, turned up for jokes at the moment, but they love it. I mean, yeah. they are eating it up. He goes, I got to bring the next comedian. I got to bring your feature act on. And they booed. They booed the idea of him leaving and seeing comedy. So he screams 69 a few more times. And again, he's murdering. Like, it's incredible. Like, Ronnie had them eating out of his fucking hand. And for a guy who doesn't ever do stand-up, to open a sold-out show cold and have them like that is impressive. It's a testament to Ronnie. So, yeah. But the second I go up, I say, keep it going for it. And then they hit it. And then I whatever I... I don't even remember what she said, but I got so blood-red mad. I did that focus thing where I just immediately was like, I fucking knew this what the show was going to be. You fucking Long Island drunk. This is what happened. And you listen to the show. You got no light. You know, flip out on them. I'm like, you're going to fucking drive home and take the fucking, you know, crash into a car. It's just, And yeah, they loved it, was, it right? Yeah. Lo- they, the He's first talking line, about us. Yeah. The best. Yeah. Immediately. And then they try to make it about them. And you're like, shut the fuck. You know, you get to just, once you shoot them down, you've earned their respect, which I kind of appreciate and love. So there's something about those rooms. Of course, you'd love every room to give you a standing ovation as you come and go, but that always happens. The only time I've seen that happen, we had Artie laying here, and literally both shows, standing ovations, going on stage and coming off. Love it. Like you're just so beloved. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Also on Howard Stern. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it all ties <laughs> together. I just watched that Howard Stern with Henry Hill from the guy from Good, like Goodfellas, yeah. based on. He was on there. I didn't know. I like. I you know. Howard Stern, I listened to Howard Stern when I was in like K-Rock when I was young, but then I never had Sirius XM, but that fucking Henry Hill shit was crazy, and Artie was on that as well, where Henry Hill was like shit-faced drunk and just like se- like spilling the beans on what he was doing and Are things like that. Yeah, he became like a drunk. He, he went into witness protection, and then the- After he, this? Like, you know, he went into witness protection during, after, during the time, you know, yeah. and like that's the end of Goodfellas and all that stuff, you oh, know, yeah, so they, yeah. go, they go, he becomes the thing. Him and his wife got divorced, and then he just went back to his old name and just lived in California, but I was like, yeah, I'm fucking Henry Hill and then went on a whole press tour wrote the book the movie and then he would just show up at Howard Stern and get shit faced and he was he was shit faced to Stern and he's you know doing obviously go back and listen to the interview <laughs> listen to this podcast interview and then go listen to it now it's a podcast on the internet uh, but he spills his whole things and everyone keeps calling in and every caller is like a mafia guy being like you're fucking dead, Henry. I tell you this. Yeah, you little fucking stool pigeon. You think you're gonna fucking get away with it? Like, like that Are you for serious? the whole time. And I'm like, oh my god, because this was back before. I mean, maybe they had caller ID at best, like, Holy but there was shit. no tracking phones yeah. and all this. Stuff. And these, you know, and he's just going like fumata da base, and like he's cursing at him in broken Italian, and he's he's like Irish, so he's like, I don't give a fuck. Oh my god, it's just yeah, That's it's amazing. a crazy. It was very fun to watch. So yeah, those kinds of people are uh, are very fun. <laughs> Artie Lang also was great. Yeah, no, yeah. he's great. Um, so, yeah, what have you been up to besides, uh, you know, rocking us here? I am prepping for uh, the album recording, which I'm doing at uh, New York Comedy Club, September 15th, Gramercy location. You can use the promo code FEEN, F-E-E-N, for $10 tickets. Um, 
I'm doing that with Bre- Brendan Sackle. I'm gonna have open up to Casey Balsham. It'll be oh, great. Oh, that's fun. awesome. That's, yeah, it's that's my fantastic. first. It's my first album that I'm recording, which is great because I've been doing stand up now. This is year 11, so it's uh, it seems time yeah. to uh, start the body of work in a you know permanent way. Yeah. So it's great, and also plus it's like. Content, baby. That's 2019. No, I know. Put out the shit. We we hold all of our... You know, the game has changed so much even since I started, but just this whole thing of we used to be like, you hold on to your babies and then like in case television or late night set, you want to make sure that it's not burned or it's not on an album because then they won't want it and then, you, then once you do it on there, it's burned. All that is like... If you got a funny joke, man, just get it on the internet yeah. now yeah. as fast as you can. Put in as many I, uh, of the hashtags and SEO things that you could rack up and go viral that's it that's how you become a famous comedian yeah, one day no, i mean it's just so stupid not to i'm i'm actually uh have been thinking about uh trying to do an album too and like Hell april yeah, and i'm should. not like i don't think i'm ready like you know by then hopefully i'll have enough stuff ready but i'm like you know i'd rather like learn the process too and get that done with like yeah. i don't care if i burn material i have an album that's not like the greatest album i'll have a fucking album it'll be a learning process and you know you build from there like it's another thing too which is food for thought you don't need to do an hour anymore. I mean, an hour is just a thing because it used to fill a time I wouldn't slot. even try to, yeah. I'm saying, but you don't have to do... I would aim for like 40. I yeah, think. but I'm saying you could do, like, what, what other people are doing now, too. It's like Andrew Schultz is this kind of a model and stuff. It's like people are doing, like, EPs, essentially. They're doing 30 minutes, you know, 35 minutes, and then all the way up to an hour, I guess, whatever you want. But you can just break it up. But for me, I'm looking at it like... I've been doing stand-up 11 years. I've been, that's what, as long as I've been doing a comedy, essentially. So I've also been making sketch videos and all throughout the years I've done all of the sketch stuff that all of it lives on you know on my YouTube channel Mike Feeney Comedy hey I'm just plugging everything as <laughs> yeah, I, as might as well. I um, but uh, all of that stuff it's like I have a dearth of material going back 10 years to some of the stuff you watch some of my first sketches and I'm like uh, this could be better this isn't better but you can see where the funny is so you're kind of watching my evolution yeah. as, a, you know, as a person who's hopefully getting funnier but I realize I don't have that with stand-up. There's like five or six clips of me doing stand-up online total, you yeah. know? So it's it's interesting to now to be like, this is kind of that first step in that, you know, yeah. in that piece. So. No, that's awesome. And to do it in New York is great. I've, uh, I have feel like the uh, the sound quality of those albums has just been, like, fantastic. Yeah, it's great. I'm also doing it with 800-pound Gorilla, who is a, you know, they're kind of an excellent company in terms of working yeah. with them. They've worked with New York so many well, there's times. Well, like, there's like two, right? It's them and who else? There's like one other company. There's Comedy Com- Records. There's um, there's a bunch of... Uh, I can't think of it. a bunch of different ones, yeah. I, I feel like there's two big ones. But Comedy I, Records is pretty... Comedy, Comedy Dynamics? Comedy Dynamics. That's yep. what I was thinking of, yeah. Um, yeah, well, that is awesome, man. So uh, how how are you preparing for it? Like, what are the kind of things that you're doing <sighs> now that are like different from your standard course of action as you get get to it? Well, first it was just headlining which was that started uh about not this past probably like two january probably almost two years two years ago now i guess it was but i've been i'd been featuring for so long and you kind of get stuck in that feature hell because headliners you know generally people that need to sell tickets which i uh, i am not so uh i can do okay but you know nothing great but so the beginning though with the headlining we just kind of i just assumed it was going to be i'll just do two feature sets and it's fine but headlining is its own animal first and foremost to learn because you have to you learn the pratfalls of like, especially doing it on the road where like 25 minutes in, most clubs are going to drop the checks at that point. So you have to be able to adapt and structure your set or at least be able to change at the moment 
when that comes, when the checks come, that way you got to know how to like let it dip. Don't be in the middle of a long... I was like planned my sets terribly. I was in the middle of a long story once when the checks got dropped in the first couple headlining spots. And then you go, oh, okay, so here should be shorter, quick jokes yeah. or just, you know, crowd work or whatever it is. So it was like just getting like enough reps on the road under my belt. So I was just doing... I've just been banging it out for the last, you know, year and a half. And now... Um, you know, recently though, it's been once I agreed to do the album, it's just been all hands on deck, just doing as many shows. Now it's I already have I have the I don't know ninety eight percent of it, but even now, a couple of weeks before the show, I'm still trying to figure out like what all of the jokes are going to be on it. Like I have forty five minutes that's going to go on it, but I'm like maybe there'll be more, and maybe I'll do more and then cut that out yeah. afterwards. Like it's just it's, this is the fun part of it, where it's like I know what it is. It's just now the order, which I have a pretty good idea of, but. It's it's everything else about an album that's stressful. It's like, you know, the tickets, it's the worrying about the camera people and the yeah. thi- like there's the factors you can't control. That's the thing that I can control, which is end up I feel very confident yeah. about. I'm like, this is gonna be great. Like I'm very excited about this album. Um, but you know, that said, it's everything else is what gives me tremendous anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anybody kind of like helping you on like the the management side or like no, I have no, I have no management. I got, um, I got the record company. Uh, I don't even know I'm if a, a management like team would be helpful in terms of like. Oh, I'm sure it could help. Can't take, hurt, right? I mean, yeah, but then they could also, you know, take twenty percent once it uh, once yeah, it comes out and goes on serious and all calls, those. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but no, but the record company I'm working with, they're awesome. Eight hundred pound gorilla. Shout out to them, and they they've done so many great albums, especially at New York Comedy Club too. And you can just, uh, they're professional. They know what to do. They, you can ask them any question and they don't make you feel, you know, dumb or like yeah. an idiot before. And they really want to grow, you know, they want to build a fucking brand with an audience, which is great. That's awesome. So what yeah. have you learned in kind of doing this? Like, what were the things that, is there anything that's kind of like surprised you about? Or you're like, ah, oh, you About know. doing an album? Yeah. yeah I, any, anything that's come up that's just been like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I mean, the first, the first thing was like, I... I mean, I went through all the emotions. I went from excitement. I went imposter syndrome, being like, I can't do an album. I don't have an hour. And then, you know, the more I started headlining, I kind of started realizing like, oh, I have more. I do 40 minutes on stage and I'd get off and I'd go, oh, I still have this, this, this and this. So then it like it kind of gives you a uh, a reassurance, I guess, after, you know, doing it for over a decade of being like, oh, I have plenty of stuff that I can put on there. It made me feel a little more confident that I had stuff. And then it also feels great to me structuring an hour, you know, just the ebbs and flows and topics you can talk about and you can kind of take the crowd with you. I like that idea. That was like, I would say the most is bringing the audience with you on a journey. That's like a little learned skill that you can do a little bit when you're featuring, but when it's headlining, you know, you just have more time. And it's what, fun. what do you mean by that? Just like, is it kind of the way you're positioning your jokes and, and the structure of like the set that way? Yeah, or is it like the energy or tonality of it? It's to some everything. Degree? It's everything. I mean, I'd I say see you like doing like the wave motion in the hands. So like, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, like, like there's high points and then you kind of get into like maybe like a lower key and then, you know, yeah. crescendos and it's, stuff. I mean, I, I mean, music is like my favorite thing on the planet. So I treat it. Like it's a fucking rock show. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a concert. I'm going to come out, hit, swing and hit. We make everybody fucking excited. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to fucking keep it. I'm, I mean, my energy is pretty nonstop for the entire yeah. show. Yeah, I mean, energy yeah. wise, I'm flying around there like crazy, but, um, and I'm sweating from the beginning, but <laughs> that said, um, you know, I, you know, after a while, like, okay, you have the audience on your side. Now you can talk about more, you know, more, 
things that would isolate or polarize an audience because they know who I yeah, am now. Yeah, so they, they trust you. They have the understanding of me, so now I can talk. All right, so now I can talk about whether it's gun control or, you know, regardless of the topic, the hot topic, you can get into it once you have them. So that was a fun thing because in short sets in New York City, you can't just yeah. – you go up there and you talk about gun control a minute in, they're already like – everyone uh, gets, yeah. you know, so. But it's uh, – yeah, that, that, that was – that to me is just, yeah, structuring to have energy and to make sure, more importantly, not just your energy, to make sure they don't get too tired out, you know? Yeah. like Because you can see what an audience is like, where the show's over now for us, we're, we're checked out, yeah. you know? They get too tired, so you have to just, for me, it's just, yeah, finding that balance. Yeah. It was fun. Well, that's awesome, man. I, uh, I, I'm, I know you're going to crush it. I mean, oh, I've you, seen you enough times. Like it's, uh, you are, you're definitely prepped for it, so uh, that's exciting stuff, man. Uh, congratulations! Yeah. Thank you, man. And you should fucking do one too. I, I'm do one in April, you know maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna. It's plenty of time too. That's what I did. Push I myself, myself like six months. There, yeah. The other idea I have. Tell me what you think of this. Uh, I'm gonna do a fucking Christmas album. Okay. Yeah, because like, Christmas albums the fucking nuts. At least in music, right? Because it gets played all the time every Christmas, sure. right? But. I feel like I've got like a throwaway five minutes that I use just around Christmas or just around the holidays. Uh-huh. And I imagine probably a lot of comics do, right? It's like five minutes works this one time a year. You do it then. Sure. You don't really fine tune it or anything like that. Um, you know, just do a compilation. Get like 12 comics each doing like five minutes of their holiday stuff, throw it on an album, boom. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. I'd like. Can you do like one of those commercials with the tracks or like scrolling yeah. up and they're in yellow, like featuring Mike Feeney? Aren't Christmas bells weird? <laughs> <And they're> like, <laughs> you just hear me being like, I'm a Christmas bell, you know? And they're like, exactly, exactly. That's so yeah. funny. So I don't know. I don't know if you have five uh, holiday minutes. I don't know if I have anything. I've always. I don't know if I have anything on Christmas. I mean, I'm sure I have. I'm very anecdotal. I'm conversational. I don't. I've tried to avoid. Uh, for the most part, doing like topical humor just because I like evergreen. You know, what yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm more of a storyteller, so I, I prefer real life stories than like, ah, Trump, isn't that crazy? Because it, to me, it sounds, it all, a lot of it doesn't age very well. So, but that said, I mean, Christmas stuff will work every single year yeah, for Christmas. I've got, you know? a, I've got a Christmas. I definitely have to have Yeah, some I've got a Christmas story. story I tell just about like, uh, how, you know, I think Santa Claus is bullshit, and I tell the story about, uh, my wife's uh, niece finding out that there's no Santa Claus and crying, and it, it works every time. <laughs> another another good album, a Christmas album, is called A Christmas Story, and it's a compilation of comedians telling stories about Christmas, R- Christmas stories. Ah. So then it'll be like the movie. If they have a if they have a Christmas story about watching A Christmas Story on an album a compilation album called A Christmas Story, <laughs> ooh boy, you're playing some 3D chess over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm on drugs. I um. <laughs> <laughs> what a night. What a night it's been. Yes. Well, Mike, uh, absolutely great to have you at the club. Always good to see you. Love um, you. New York Comedy Club, September 15th. 15th. Yes. So. 7 to 9 p.m. shows. Come tell everybody you've ever met. Guys, definitely uh, go check it out. If you haven't seen Mike live, you absolutely need to. Uh, but if you miss it, buy it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Do that. MikeFeeneyComedy.com is where is where other dates and videos and all that shit and where the album will be. Cool. And then, yeah, that's it. All right. Mike, thanks so much. Thank you, brother. Peace. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for listening to the It's a Hustle podcast. If you enjoyed the listen, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Uh, special thanks to Eric Donnelly of the Alternate Roots for our amazing theme song, to Brendan Ruane at Light Switch Advisor for our website and social media needs. Check him out if you need any help in those areas. And, of course, to Vans, who provide all of our footwear. Have a good one.